Talk Radio. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, or FISA Act, was established in 1978 after violations of the Nixon administration forced the hand of Congress to seek judicial and congressional oversight with a secret court of seven Article III district judges unhindered by checks and balances to oversee the escalating abuse of surveillance by the federal government. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. We control everything. Forty-five years later, the Fourth Amendment violating FISA rubber stamp monstrosity that approves 99.7% of warrant requests has become far worse than what it was intended to prevent. It's not what we usually think of when we think of a court. Uh, We think of a place where we can go, we can watch, the lawyers argue, and it's subject to the uh, glare of publicity. But the Federal Intelligence Surveillance Court is anything but public. It's here somewhere inside this sprawling federal court complex off of Constitution Avenue in Washington, D.C. That's right. This is a court so secret, we don't even know exactly where it convenes inside the building. Following 9-11, the Trojan Horse Patriot Act expanded the FISA court's authority. Section 215 eliminated restrictions on the surveillance of businesses and lowered the burden of proof in order to confiscate records previously protected by the Fourth Amendment. Craving deeper control, the Bush administration's stellar win program secretly authorized the NSA to monitor without a warrant all communications involving any party believed by the NSA to be outside the United States, even if the other end of communication was within the United States. After 9-11, they took one of the programs I had done, or the back end part of it, and started to use it to spy on everybody in this country. So and that, that was a program they created called Stellar Wind. That was the separate and compartmented from the regular activity that was ongoing because it was doing domestic spying. All the equipment was coming in, I knew something was happening, but then when my, the contractors I had hired came and told me what, was, what they were doing, it was clear where all the hardware was going and what they were using it to do. I realized the U.S. government had stopped caring about what they should do, uh, and instead we're pursuing uh, as aggressively as possible what they could do. Well, the systems that I had built, the systems that my generation had built, uh, had produced a system that instead spied on everyone. After a congressional mutiny, oversight was returned to the FISA court. However, the FISA Amendments Act of 2008 enacted Section 702, loosening FISA court oversight and increased from 48 hours to seven days, the length of time American online communications with those living abroad could be surveilled without a FISA court warrant. This eventually led to Congress passing the USA Freedom Act that provided a 180-day sunset provision before eliminating 215 of the Patriot Act and set a discretionary standard for hearing both sides of a case before deciding. In 2020, the DOJ admitted that the secret FISA court had been in league with the FBI and the DOJ issued warrants that abused the FISA process to spy on the Trump campaign. And now in 2023, 
snubbing their noses at the constitutional rights of American citizens, and after months of moving the goalposts, Congress passed the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act containing the reward to the FBI with more communist-style control. 278,000 violations of the existing law as the FBI has queried information regarding Americans. When the Obama-appointed inspector general was reviewing whether or not the administration was complying with existing law, they found out we were breaking the law 38 times an hour to extend the authorities for spying that were, that were being violated so that people at the FBI could do queries on their neighbors, their co-workers, their ex-lovers. That does not belong in the National Defense Authorization Act. And what does surveilling Americans communicating with foreigners All right, folks, that is the latest from John Congress... Bound. You can find and share it at band.video. End anti-American FISA and restore the Fourth Amendment. We'll be right back with your Daily Dispatch. Don't go anywhere. It's Tuesday, December 19th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American okay. Journal. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Massive immigration news. Videos out of Eagle Pass that will shock and astonish you. A little bit more about Israel and the ongoing conflict over the Suez Canal, the Red Sea, Yemeni Houthis, and the prospect of war as being the least desirable but almost inevitable consequence of what's going on in the Middle East right now, a wider spread, perhaps even worldwide war. We'll get into that, talking about the prospects of America in that war with a military that is simultaneously devoid of recruits and replete with anti-American well, Gen Z scumbags. I don't know how else to say it. So we have a lot of news to get to. Let's just do it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 19th of December, 2023. Justin, Trump-appointed judge halts removal of Confederate memorial at Arlington Cemetery. A Trump-appointed federal judge on Monday issued a temporary restraining order halting the removal of a Confederate memorial at Arlington National Cemetery. They were preparing for the removal, and I believe we have uh, some video of that, clip number seven, the Confederate memorial in Arlington Cemetery being dismantled. So they did already start to do the work, but it's been halted. U.S. District Judge Rosie Alston Alston issued a restraining order. A hearing is set for Wednesday. A federal judge on Monday issued a temporary restraining order barring the removal of a memorial to Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. A group called Defend Arlington, affiliated with the group called Save Southern Heritage Florida, filed a lawsuit Sunday in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia, seeking the restraining order. A hearing has been scheduled for Wednesday. Work to remove the memorial had begun on Monday before the restraining order was issued, but the memorial remains in place on cemetery grounds. The cemetery had said on Friday that it expected to complete the removal this week. It said the removal was required by Congress and that it was complying with environmental and historic preservation regulations. Yes, all regulations will be adhered to 
as they systematically dismantle and melt down your heritage, history, and identity. Don't worry. The regulations are being adhered to. And we'll get back to that in just a little bit and talk about the memorial and where it came from and what it represents and how it is legally being torn down in direct defiance of goodwill and national unity and decency and respect for history and all of those wonderful things that we are slowly but surely losing in this country. Meanwhile, Tennessee sues BlackRock in first-of-its-kind ESG lawsuit. Quote, I want to make certain that corporations, no matter their size, treat Tennessee customers fairly and honestly, Tennessee AG says. ESG push is a money grab for major firms not done for environmental interest, according to Luke Lloyd. Strategic strategic wealth partners investment strategist Luke Lloyd discusses uh, earning growth projection with ESG push among big firms and retail theft. According to a lawsuit filed in state court Monday and first obtained by Fox Business, BlackRock has articulated two inconsistent positions, one prioritizing financial returns and the other prioritizing investment policies to combat climate change. While BlackRock has faced widespread opposition over its so-called environmental, social, and governance strategy, Tennessee's action on Monday is the first legal challenge to accuse BlackRock of violating customer or consumer protection laws. Quote, we allege that BlackRock's inconsistent statements about its investment strategies deprived consumers of the ability to make an informed choice. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti told Fox Business in a statement, some public statements show a company that focuses exclusively on return and investment. Others show a company that gives special consideration to environmental factors. He continued, ultimately, I wanted to make certain that corporations, no matter their size, treat Tennessee consumers fairly and honestly. And yeah, that's good. This is what uh, the law should be used for. There are laws in place to prevent this type of stuff and whether or not uh, you even agree with that, it goes back to the it was Dodge versus Ford decision where Henry Ford was prioritizing the well-being of his workers and basically said that was an unfair advantage and you have to prioritize the returns to your investment uh, investors. And so that's the law. That's the law as it is. Somehow BlackRock got away with saying instead of prioritizing what's going to be the best return on your investment, we're going to prioritize the companies that have particular ethnic makeups. Uh, we're going to prioritize and, and give preference to companies that discriminate against white people and men and Christians and give extra money to companies that pretend on the outside to give a damn about the environment while simultaneously offshoring all the manufacturing to China that has no environmental oversight whatsoever. So whatever we have to do to put a stop to these diabolical machinations, I'm for it. It's good on Tennessee. And we'll talk a little bit more about that too and how ESG plays into the wider push for global domination and a very, very interesting thread that I came across that we'll show you in just a little bit on Twitter documenting the way that human health and health for the earth, it's all a big push for health, but not actual health, not longevity and happiness and wealth of a spiritual nature, more of, um, well, sort of an eco-fascism that they're bringing down. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Meanwhile, U.S. Steel sold to a foreign company. The sale of United States Steel Corporation, better known as U.S. Steel, 
has been approved by board members, the company will almost certainly be sold to a foreign buyer. In what is truly the end of an era, the company that started in 1901 and was key to the industrialization of the company of the country is set to be acquired by Nippon Steel, a Japanese company with a value of over $21 billion. The deal is valued at approximately $14.1 billion, according to Western Journal, which notes that the offer stood at $14.9 billion, but the buyer will absorb a little less than $1 billion in U.S. Steel's debt. Nippon dates back to 1950 and currently employs over 105,000 workers. The company reportedly came close to doubling an offer. U.S. Steel had received months prior from rival company Cleveland Cliffs, founded in 1847. The Pittsburgh company rejected that offer, however. The American icon, uh, icon will reportedly keep its name and its headquarters will remain in Pittsburgh, where it was founded approximately 122 years ago. J.P. Morgan and Andrew Carnegie founded the company after Morgan financed a merger between three steel companies for $492 million at the time. In addition, U.S. Steel was the first billion-dollar company in the United States. There are some unexpected politicians pushing back against this. I'll show you who that is uh, a little bit later. I'll give you a hint. He might be an ogre. Meanwhile, U.S. announces 10-nation force to counter Houthi attacks in Red Sea. Yes, folks, yesterday we laid out the options that are on the table. Either we can create some sort of coalition and start a world war and have a massive, devastating shutdown of the entire world supply chain, or Israel could just stop bombing Gaza. It looks like we're going with the former. We're going with that former option of going to massive war against Yemen and probably Iran, which means maybe Hezbollah and Russia as well. Because the other option is for Israel just to stop bombing Gaza, and that apparently is just not even an option on the table. The United States has announced a launch of a multinational force to protect trade in the Red Sea and attacks by Yemen, uh, after attacks by Yemeni, Yemenis Houthi rebels forced at least a dozen shipping lines to suspend operations. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said on Monday that Bahrain, Canada, France, Italy, the Seychelles, Seychelles, and United Kingdom would be among the countries joining the 10-nation multinational security initiative. Well, aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky? Not, not quite the same you know, level of alliance as maybe we started the Iraq war with, but hey, at least... The Seychelles and, and Bahrain are on our side. What would we do without them? Finally, Armageddon, thousands of illegal aliens wait to be processed at Eagle Pass like nothing you've ever seen. We have a lot of videos of this, and it's a full-on invasion. And ironically, they made the migrants dress in trash bags. They're all wearing trash bags, as they are indeed dumped like trash on our border. Not symbolic. We'll talk about that a lot later and show you some pretty stunning videos. Winter isn't coming. Winter is here. And while the sun isn't helping us produce as much vitamin D, do yourself a favor and try InfoWars Life Winter Sun Plus. Winter Sun Plus is a powerful vitamin D-based formula bringing you straight vitamin D3 free of toxic chemicals, allergens, preservatives, artificial colors, and GMOs. Our vitamin D3 formula supports the body's natural immune system, promotes calcium absorption for healthy bones and teeth, and helps sustain healthy tissue and systems of the body. In addition to the vitamin D, Winter Sun Plus includes vitamin K and E, 
to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. And all these vitamins are presented in a way that is both delicious and easy to absorb. When the winters come, they come cold. So weather the storm and supplement with Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. Never forget that the answer to 1984 is 1776. We've come a long way in the fight against tyranny, and it's been listeners and viewers like you that have kept us on air. That's why we bring you the very best products so you love them, so you enjoy them, and so you come back and get them again and again so we can stay on the air in the fight against the globalists because it's viewers like you that keep this operation on air. And here we are. Another Christmas is here, being the biggest sale of the year, store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off, store-wide, my new book, the Great Awakening, get a signed or unsigned copy, it's all there. X2, finally back in stock. Turbo Force, finally back in stock. It's all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want to thank you all for your support. We're in this fight together. And I want to encourage you now to get store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off on all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the American Journal. Lots, a lot to show you today, a lot to talk about. Massive volcano eruptions in Iceland showing some pretty incredible imagery. Go to clip number 12 here. Video shows moment volcano erupted near Grindavik, Iceland. We can just roll that as, uh, as B-roll here, but it is a massive eruption following weeks of earthquakes in and around Iceland. There's been a lot of really massive volcanic activity recently. In in Okinawa, there's a massive volcano, I believe in Indonesia last week, another massive eruption and now in Iceland, one of the largest volcanoes on the face of the earth that's still active is going live. And with massive volcanic fissures opening up, clip number five here shows just almost like a, I don't know, it's almost hard to believe, a true hellscape. Of course, you have to eat bugs. You have to not have children. Remember, we are killing the earth. We are killing the earth with our mere existence. The air that we breathe is doing irreparable damage to the environment. And sure, every once in a while, the earth just explodes and disgorges tons upon tons of CO2 and methane and all sorts of gas as it literally splits open and spills out toxic fumes. But you have to eat bugs, folks. You have to eat bugs and you have to not have a car and you have to let them spy on you and surveil you all the time because they're saving the earth from humans, you know, from you and me. 
maybe a little bit of maybe maybe just maybe a little bit of humility would be <laughs> would go a long way in understanding that the earth is being bombarded continuously with solar radiation insane space debris and volcanic eruptions and all sorts of things that just massively overwhelms any effect that humans could ever have you know while we're on the topic while we're on the topic of pollution co2 emissions you know what would be probably the the number one thing that we could do to lower co2 emissions it would be to cut out shipping entirely I don't know if you've ever actually seen in person one of the container ships that plies endlessly across the Pacific Ocean doing things like, I'm sure everybody's seen the meme at this point, there'll be a little little plastic carton of peaches or whatever, and it's like, it was grown in Argentina, it was packaged in Taiwan, and then it was shipped to Cincinnati to be sold in a store. Oh, really? So every one of these ships puts off about the same amount of pollution and CO2 as every car in the world combined. And you're having it chug across the Pacific Ocean twice just to take like 10 cents off the cost of a cup of peaches. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is globalism after all. Maybe, just maybe. If we manufactured and grew and packed things here in America for sale in America, not only would we not have the massive amounts of pollution from the ships crossing the Pacific Ocean multiple times just to return to where they came from, you would also have environmental regulations actually be enforced on the manufacturing process instead they offshore everything to china where there is no environmental controls and then they have to ship it across the ocean a couple times before it ever arrives on shelves and while the people doing this and organizing this and running the companies who run these programs are doing this they're telling you you need to eat bugs they're telling you it's your fault that the earth is getting hotter And, of course, this has to do also with the shutting down of the Suez Canal, as Zero Hedge reports. Red Sea is now largely closed to traffic. That's 8.8 million BPD of daily oil transit and nearly 380 million tons of daily cargo transit. Global traffic will now be rerouted around the Cape of Good Hope, adding 40% to a voyage distance and even more to cost. And when I was talking on Twitter about the shutting down the Suez Canal and the Red Sea and how it should be the biggest story in the world, even though it's really hardly getting any attention. After all, uh, you know, Donald Trump said he doesn't want immigration. So that's what's been dominating the headlines. If you go to someplace like Google News, it's like Donald Trump says he wants to use soldiers to protect the border. Will his fascism ever end? And it's like, do you, do you know that we're on the cusp of a third world war with a primary shipping channel necessary for the survival of Europe? being shut down because of a conflict that's been raging for over two months in which 20,000 people have died. I mean, does anybody know Donald Trump um, stubbed his toe? So that's going to be our main focus today. But anyway, when I was talking about this, I heard people, saw people saying like, well, but the the overland route 
isn't quite as, it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's still more efficient to ship something around the entire continent of Africa than it is to go overland from like the Sinai Peninsula. That's how efficient actually shipping is compared to land shipping, land travel. Typical Singapore to Rotterdam, Rotterdam Sea Voyage is almost 40 times longer via the Cape compared to the Suez Canal from around 8,440 miles to around 11,720 miles as they skirt the Cape of Good Hope. Of course, it's also 40% longer time in, you know, exposed to the elements, facing some disaster or something else. The Houthis have said that the attacks on the Red Sea shipping lanes will not stop until Israel ends Gaza war. These dudes are crazy. These dudes are crazy. I mean, not even in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, these guys, you know, they don't even have shoes. You know, the Yemenis, like, they're famous for, like, they don't even, don't even have shoes. <laughs> they don't even have shoes. But they're basically single-handedly stopping world trade through the Suez Canal. That's... That's pretty huge. They don't have shoes, but they do have drones and helicopters and massive armaments. They've got priorities. Yemeni Houthis will not halt attacks on ships linked to Israel and the Red Sea, despite the United States announcing a new maritime protection force to counter them, a spokesperson for the rebel group said. Quote, even if America succeeds in mobilizing the entire world, our military operations will not stop, no matter the sacrifices it cost us, said Mohammed al-Bukhadi, a senior Houthi official, in a post on X on Tuesday. This could all be over. War is over if you want it. Shipping is returned if you want it. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism is all out of the open. But finally, people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's info wars that the enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted. Back in stock. InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. God bless and good luck. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. The Houthis, Yemeni's Houthis, uh, Yemen's Houthis, so they will not stop Red Sea attacks until Gaza, or until Israel ends the Gaza war. 
will not halt, halt attacks on ships linked to Israel in the Red Sea, despite the United States announcing a new maritime protection force to counter them, a spokesman for the rebel group said. The Houthis would only halt their attacks if Israel's, quote, crimes in Gaza stop and food, medicines, and fuel are allowed to reach its besieged population, al-Bukhaidi said. He spoke after U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced a coalition on Monday to protect trade in the Red Sea after the attacks forced shipping lines to suspend operations. The Iran-linked Houthis have waged attacks on more than a dozen commercial ships in an attempt to pressure Israel to end its bombardment of the Gaza Strip. Quote, these reckless Houthi attacks are a serious international problem and they demand a firm international response, Austin said, about the, ten, about the new 10-nation coalition. He said the force would operate with the goal of ensuring freedom of navigation for all countries and bolstering regional security and prosperity. Yes, we want security and prosperity for almost the entire region. For a very good chunk of the region, we want prosperity and safety and peace. Now, there are little pockets of that region that will be utterly and completely destroyed. But that's just part of the prosperity and safety. In order to gain prosperity and safety, first we have to bankrupt and annihilate. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we, we covered it yesterday. BP Evergreen at Euronav halt sailings through the chaotic Red Sea as insurers demand war risk coverage. You can add Taiwan container line Evergreen and Belgian tanker owner Euronav to the growing list of major shipping firms halting all sales through the Red Sea Strait. This brings the total to seven. Also, the UK Navy disclosed more details regarding today's incident in the Red Sea, reporting that an explosion hit the side of a commercial vehicle near Yemen. The Norwegian owner of the ship confirmed that an unidentified object had impacted the vessel on the port side. Bent crude figures have risen about 3% from the lows of 75 dollars and 81 cents a barrel since 515 eastern time after reports started to trickle in about another incident in the red sea and more shippers were halting sailings in the region they say in light of deter deteriorating security situation for shipping in the red sea bp has decided to temporarily pause all transits through the red sea and of course we showed you the video yesterday of the houthi leader saying if the uae and saudi arabia get involved well their oil fields are directly in the scope of Houthi's abilities to attack, which would make whatever economic disaster that comes about from this blockade pale in comparison. They have this graphic under fire Red Sea attacks by Houthi rebels have escalated. $2.4 trillion of trade passes through the Red Sea. U.S. warships have come under fire. Armed Houthis are hunting for ships to hijack. Rebels are firing missiles at drones and ships. Iran provides weapons to the Houthis. I want to go down to a video of a supposed military expert, military analyst from Sky News. There's something about this clip that disturbs me deeply. I think you'll understand. It's something about the nonchalant kind of just academic way that this person floats the idea of what in reality would be the most devastating and massive conflagration, conflict, total war that we've seen in my lifetime. But he treats this like it's flipping on a light, like it's 
moving your truck from garage one to garage two. Like it's just a it's just a normal thing. Well, it's just, this is what you need to do. But what he's advocating is war with Iran. And I really think this not even what he's saying, it is what he's saying, but it's how he's saying it that I think gives us a lot of insight into how we arrive in a place where a bunch of bureaucratic, academic, limp-wristed nobodies in boardrooms in D.C. and London just casually make these decisions as if they're playing chess, as if they're playing risk, as if they're just moving little pieces on a board, not even remotely recognizing that what they're talking about is snuffing out God knows how many human lives of just wasting endless material. And, and not even once is the question asked, what's the other option? Is there another option here? And is that other option vastly more preferable? The other option in this case would be, again, Israel could just stop bombing. They could just stop. They don't have to do this. It doesn't have to keep going. They can just stop. So let's go to this military expert, this analyst from Sky News, just very casually saying that America should go to war with Iran over the Yemeni shipping attacks. Let's watch. There's also potential for individual nations like the UK to underwrite the shipping. In other words, if we're putting military escorts, we can underwrite the insurance and therefore um, the ships can get going again. The trouble is attack is ultimately the best form of defense here because at the moment all they're doing is putting an umbrella around the merchant shipping. What you actually want to do is stop the missiles coming in. One of the options is to attack the Houthis. But in the past, what's happened is the Americans have attacked Iran Mm. because it's Iran who actually are meddling around with here. Clearly, that risks escalation, but in the, in the circumstances, there's little choice if you want to get global trade moving again. Yeah, it's a little choice. We've just had to attack, attack Iran. It's little choice. Of course, the other choice is for Israel to just stop bombing Gaza, but we're not going to even approach that. No, it's just, you know, I think our only choice here is to start a world war. Yes, I think uh, the choice between telling Israel to chill out a little bit and stop bombing the hell out of Gaza for like a week or two, if it's between that and starting a... Massive conflict with an incredibly strong country with Russia as an ally and nuclear arms and China and America and Hezbollah and Lebanon and everybody getting involved in a massive murder campaign. That's the better choice for me. It's just a logical choice. I think that's just the most smart thing to do here. Really. Really. So not just attacking Yemen, but attacking Iran because the weapons come from Iran. Interesting. And that seems to be the choice we're making. That does actually seem to be the path we are pursuing. Red Sea Patrol forced to counter Houthi attacks. The United States has announced a 10-nation force to protect trade in the Red Sea after attacks by Yemen's Houthi rebels forced shipping companies to halt operations. After the U.S. announcement, Houthi Major General Yusuf al-Madani said in a statement, any escalation in Gaza is an escalation in the Red Sea. Any country or party that comes between us and Palestine, we will confront it. Spokesperson al-Bukhaidi told Algeria on Monday that the group would confront any U.S.-led coalition in the Red Sea, saying you have the military establishment in Yemen and the areas controlled by the Houthis warning that they will continue to target ships cruising through the Bab al-Mandeb Strait and the Red Sea, and they insist that they're doing this to protect people in Gaza. In particular, Algeria's Hashem al-Bara said, reporting from Doha on Tuesday, a top Houthi official 
Mohammed Abdul Salam, who is also a senior negotiator, said the attacks by the Houthis are not an act of defiance, but if this new coalition is adamant on launching attacks, then they will have to bear the consequences of what he described as a broader conflict in the region. Yeah. U.S. and British Navy said over the weekend that their destroyers had shot down a total of 15 drones in the waterway. In the latest incident on Tuesday, the United Kingdom Maritime Trade Operations had four small boats, each carrying four to five people, approached a vessel off the coast of Djibouti in a suspicious maneuver, but that no weapons were seen during the incident. At least 12 shipping companies have ceased operations there. And the U.S. has announced a 10-nation force to counter Houthi attacks. It's going to be Bahrain, Canada, France, Italy, the Seychelles. Am I even pronouncing that right? Seychelles? Seychelles? And the United Kingdom. I mean, it's such a, it's such a big and important ally for us to have, of course, the Seychelles. And the United Kingdom would be among the countries joining the 10-nation multinational security initiative. Oh, well, it's a security initiative. That sounds so professional. I'm so assured by this. We're doomed, folks. When I say this, I mean it from the very bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you to all the viewers and listeners for supporting the broadcast over the years. We together have changed the world at an incredible level. And I want to salute the crew as well and all of our sponsors and supporters. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, the fight has really been joined with the globalist. And as we go into 2024, the most important election in world history, it is now more important than ever to get around the censors and override the globalists. So keep spreading the word about the broadcast. Keep sharing the articles and videos. Keep praying for the broadcast and our reporters and the crew. And shop at InfoWarsStore.com, where for Christmas, we have the biggest sales of the year, double Patriot points, store-wide free shipping, up to 60% off on products like BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, Turbo Force is back in stock, X2 is back in stock, Vaso Beats is back in stock, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, it's all there. My new book, The Great Awakening. Do your Christmas shopping there, get great products, and fund the InfoWar. Thank you. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll, we'll move on here in just a moment. There are a few more things I would like to discuss in the realm of war. Just illustrate how important this one shipping lane is around 12% of all global trade passes through the Red Sea, which connects the Mediterranean Sea via the Suez Canal and through including 30% of container traffic. 
So pretty much a third of all container ship traffic passes through the Suez Canal at one point or another during its trip. That's absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Again, you know, I just wonder, I, I posted about this yesterday on Twitter, but you know, I'm reading this book right now. I got mixed feelings about it. It's called Lone Survivor, and it's a Navy SEAL talking about being behind enemy lines in Afghanistan and surviving. And this is in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, shortly after 9-11. And it's the story of this guy just is really going through impossible trials, like just all of his friends get shot, and he's literally falling off of cliffs and down mountains, and I mean, it's just he's getting shot. It's crazy what this guy puts up with and, and is able to power through. But every time he interacts with an Afghan person, whether it's a militant or not, every time he meets an enemy in the field, he adds a note about, like, this guy wants to kill Americans. If I don't kill this guy, he may be the one that makes the bomb that kills, you know, a platoon of soldiers. Or this guy may have been buddies with bin Laden and helped to carry out the attack on, a, on American soil. And if we don't do this, if we don't get this job done, there could be another 9-11 around the corner. So it was this, like, sense of urgency. And I, I, I was saying this on Twitter and people were commenting being like, but 9-11 was an inside job. And it's like, you don't think I know that? You don't think I know that? I'm making a point of the 9-11 false flag was a psychological imperative for the people on the ground going through this awful war of thinking I'm doing this for a reason. I have, I have people I'm protecting by going through this. I have to kill that guy because if I don't, he's going to kill my fellow Americans. So I don't have an option. I don't, I, there's no hesitation. There's no doubt because always that's running in the back of his mind. This is to save Americans. This is to save Americans. Whether you even believe that's true or not, it's beside the point. That's what was necessary for this hyper elite special ops person who, of course, I mean, the training they go through, the millions of dollars that are dedicated into you know, each one of these guys are like, like living weapons. My question is, if we end up in a ground war in Yemen, if we end up in a ground war in Iran over this, What's going to be running through their heads? This is to save Americans? Well, not really. We have to do this to protect the shipping lanes? Like, it's kind of vague. It's not the best motivator. If I don't do this, Israel has to stop killing Gazans, and that's not acceptable. Like, is that, is that what's going to drive and inspire our soldiers to go to war with Yemen or Iran? We're going to ask them to die? We're going to ask these, like, Super intelligent, super motivated, the f most physically fit human beings that have ever existed. We're going to ask them to go sacrifice their lives for what exactly? For what? The security of Israel, but not even, right? Because they could just stop. Just Israel's ability to slaughter Palestinians without resistance. I'm just saying morale is already at an all-time low in the armed forces, and now we're going to send them into combat in Yemen or Iran full well knowing that we're only doing so because apparently diplomatically we just can't get Israel to just stop, just stop doing what they're doing or just won't. We just won't put pressure on them. I just can't imagine that going well. I really can't. And of course the, num the numbers and the, the problems with the military right now are 
Absolutely massive. U.S. enters 2024 with its smallest military in over 80 years as active duty troop numbers sink to less than 1.3 million and all branches except Space Force miss recruiting goals and Pentagon issues national call of service to to Gen Z. They apparently missed their recruiting numbers by 41,000 personnel. They're 41,000 under what they think they need just for this recruiting cycle. The United States is set to enter 2024, the smallest military in more than eight decades, faces its greatest challenges in trying to boost recruiting from Gen Z, Pentagon officials said. Ah, oh, gee, the generation that you poisoned with atrazine and fluoride and that you locked in a room for two years, a generation that you have literally psychologically terrorized so badly that they're afraid to order things off of a menu. Have you seen that? It's like a psychological phenomenon where like Gen Zers get panic attacks when they look at menus they can't decide what they want and so they can't go to restaurants it's like a real thing or afraid to drive i know family friends kids that were in high school when covid hit and the lockdowns trapped them in the room for two years they're literally afraid to drive they cannot drive because they get panic attacks when they're behind the wheel normal kids just grew up totally normal out, outdoors, riding on four-wheelers and fishing. And, I mean, just like they were badass people before they were locked in their room for two years and forced to wear a mask and deprived human interaction in their most formative years. So, I mean, are you surprised that the people that you have rung through the psychological trauma ringer aren't exactly eager to go pick up a gun and fight dudes who grew up in rubble? Are you really that surprised? And what do the recruitment meetings look like? In the army right now. Recruiting is awful low, sir. Hmm. Have you tried calling all white people evil? You have. Hmm. That didn't work, did it? Hmm. Have you tried to, uh, telling uh, the Gen Zers how gay we are? Have you told them that we were down with the gays now? You did? And that's still not enough, huh? Gee, I wonder what the problem could be. Have you showed them the commercial with the uh, pregnant Latina woman? And they're still not motivated, huh? Wow. Look at that. Have you tried spending several years actively disparaging their race and ethnicity and heritage and the country that you're now asking them to go fight and die for? You have, and they're still not joining, huh? Oh, gee. What are we doing wrong? Yeah, nobody should join. Nobody should join. You should not join. These people despise you. They want you to die, and they despise you. (laughs) They want you to fight for them, surrender your life, and sacrifice your life for them and they openly hate you i I, uh, I wonder why i wonder why you can't reach your goals it's ridiculous recent recruitment targets were missed by the navy army and air force although the marine corps and the newly established space force reached their goals this week ashish vazirani ashish vazirani vazirani Ashish Vazirani, the Pentagon's acting uh, undersecretary for personnel and readiness, told the uh, House Armed Services Committee the individual services missed their recruitment goals by 2023 by a combined 41,000 personnel. Uh, Vazirani, Vazirani, classic American name. He said, quote, that number understates the challenges before us as the services lowered end strength goals in recent years, in part because of the difficult recruiting environment. And maybe they'll just do the draft. 
Two decades ago, 25% of young people had never thought about joining the military, but that figure is now more than 50%. This has led to a disconnect between the military and a large share of society. Today, a youth of today are not saying are not saying no to what the military has to offer. They simply don't know much about military service. That's probably what it is. Yeah, that's probably what it is. They just don't know. Yeah, no, that's literally the opposite of the problem. The problem is that they know too much. The problem is that they're aware now of just how worthless their lives are to you, and they're not exactly eager to sign up to be used as pawns in some geopolitical chess game whose end goal is their destruction regardless, obviously. We had this story yesterday. We didn't exactly cover it. U.S. Army faces TikTok mutiny as Gen Z recruits whine about low pay, crappy food, and fitness tests while on bases in uniform. <laughs> Brazen posts represent audacious challenge to top brass amid recruiting crisis. One of the posts by military influencer Anthony Laster slams army life, says he spent his whole day watching TikToks while supposedly fighting the Taliban. Laster from Chicago has more than a million followers on TikTok. He made the public comments in uniform while on mission in the desert. In another post, he claimed he spent the whole day watching TikToks while supposedly fighting the, the Taliban. Gives a woeful impression of America's fighting forces to potential recruits, which is likely to cause further animosity towards TikTok from critics. It's TikTok's fault, folks. Uh, it's that platform where they upload these things. That's the real issue. Which is why they're recruiting uh, illegal immigrants now. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it's it's like tragic. It's very dangerous for our safety as Americans. But on the other hand, join the army. It's sort of a lose-lose situation we're in. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take us for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at infowarstore.com. X2. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, I want to show you a video now. I think we've all experienced some form of of this type of thing. It is video uh, clip number nine from the whatever podcast i'm not even going to comment over it i just want you to absorb this appreciate it we'll comment on the other side let's just go now to clip number nine okay you guys are all just like really misogynistic how do you define misogyny 
how do you I'm just asking how you define misogyny Like, you want to go as in leave? If you, yeah, no, look, if you want to leave, you can leave. I was hoping we could continue having a conversation, but, um, I mean. Oof. I think oof is the right reaction to that. Has anybody else ever experienced? I've experienced that exact same thing. I've experienced that exact same thing at a party for 10 years ago. Some girl being like, oh, you like to talk politics? I love talking politics. I was like, I don't I'm here to have fun. I don't really want to get into politics. But people start talking about politics anyway. And I just said one quick thing about Obama being a liar and he's a CIA operative and he gets into office and – continues and expands all the wars that he said he would close down and she just starts crying she starts crying and runs away and you're just like what just happened (laughs) how did that just what just happened there i don't understand i like to think that maybe by challenging this girl to simply define the word that she used she had a revelation like i'm hoping that was a revelation i'm hoping that was a moment Where she was like, she calls him misogynist. He says, what does misogynist mean? And she just breaks down and runs away. This is where our political realm is. She votes, by the way. Her vote is worth as much as yours. And there's like 20 million people like that, girls and boys. I mean, it's not a woman thing. It's like a a liberal thing. You're a misogynist. What does misogynist mean? And I would hope that what's going on in her mind is like, I don't know what misogyny means. I can't define that. I look like an idiot. I'm way out of my depth here. I've just been repeating things that other people have told me, and now I'm being exposed in front of these cameras for the NPC mindless drone that I am. I need to really think about this. I really need to think about how I got here, why I believe the things that I do, how I can be deploying words without even knowing the meaning of them What am I doing here? Like I hope that's what's going on. Likely what's actually going on is there's some sort of weird oppression alchemy going on in her head where she's going, this man is is using his white – like they – I don't even know what the term – I'm sure we could find an article where a leftist has all of the right made-up terms to describe what's going on here in in ways that shield them from having to acknowledge any – shortfalling of their own knowledge or, or vocabulary where it's like this is a tactic often deployed by white supremacists where they force you to define your terms in an effort to undermine your da 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 and so she's just like I'm being oppressed I'm being I think that's probably what's act- I wish I really hope that what we witnessed there was an awakening was a realization was a, a shocking sort of come to Jesus lightning bolt moment I hope she went home and and really thought about how she ended up in that place. I think the more likely scenario is she saw asking her to define misogyny as some sort of hyper-aggressive misogyny that she was being subjected to. So she ran away only to be comforted by her leftist friends who told her, it doesn't matter, you don't need to know the words, you don't need 
watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we are going to be going on uh, Christmas break later this week. Which I'm very excited for. I'm very excited to disconnect from a new cycle for at least a few days. Not that I will. Not that I really will, but it'll be nice to have the option, won't it? And it really is just, it's just nice having an organization like InfoWars. That's like a real, it's like a real company. It's like a real company with employees. We all work together to bring you the best broadcasts that we possibly can. We all could be independent, right? Everyone here is incredibly talented. Everybody behind the scenes. I mean, they don't get the credit. They aren't sitting in front of the camera. But I wouldn't be sitting in front of the camera without them. The whole crew back there, all of the writers, all of the IT guys, and the people making content at Band.Video, and the people just keeping the keeping the engine greased and running. And, and it's all brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. And I really can't thank you enough for that. We could all be independent. We could all be alone like little rowboats sort of spinning away on a lake. But instead, we have a battleship. Instead, we all have a battleship where we all fulfill our parts. We all work together to achieve a single mission and drive forward in the same direction. This is what's necessary for victory. This is what's necessary to combat the machines of, of misinformation that are constantly churning out the lies that are befuddling and destroying lives across the world, and especially here in the United States. So I'm so thankful to have this, this battleship to work at. And I really can't thank you enough for going to InfoWarsStore.com and guaranteeing that we all get to have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas as well. And you can make your Christmas even more wonderful by taking advantage of the InfoWars Christmas Super Mega Sale at InfoWarsStore.com. Massive discounts on incredible products. And you keep us on the air. And a big heartfelt thank you from all of us here at InfoWars to anybody that goes to InfoWars Store and helps us to man this warship of information. InfoWarsStore.com, again, keeps us on the air in the fight and going toe-to-toe with the globalists. Oh boy, is there, a lot to, uh, is there a lot to get into. You know, I guess we'll take a little bit of a wider view now because this is a very interesting discovery made by a woman named Lisa Logan at IamLisaLogan on Twitter. She says, I've discovered exactly how the federal government is sneakily going to turn freedom-loving America into a surveillance state like China through manipulation of the term resilience. It's called the Federal Plan for Equitable Long-Term Recovery and Resilience. Let's go now to clip number eight. She says, I need your help. I've discovered exactly how. For equitable long-term recovery and resilience, also called ELTRR or the Federal Plan, is supposedly infusing federal funding into communities hit hard by the pandemic to make them more resilient against future disasters. Under this pretext, radical policy changes will be expected in these local economies to foster what they call resilience. Changes not just in health, but in education, housing, employment, transportation, food, water, justice, climate, etc. The recommendations instituted through the federal plan will affect what children will be taught in school, because it'll teach them to think like a communist, 
how communities are planned and budgeted, giving preferential treatment based on skin color, how much water can be used and what kind of food can be purchased, decided by equity and sustainability, and more. Measuring resilience will require collecting invasive amounts of data on children, adults, businesses, and other entities, which will be gathered and evaluated tracked through indices like these, and then scored and judged based upon whether or not their behavior is contributing to the resilience or health of their communities. Social credit system ahoy! Essentially, the federal plan and its vital conditions framework are being used as a backdoor way of implementing the totalitarian targets of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. It will transform America's capitalist economy to what's deceptively termed a well-being economy, where growth isn't measured anymore by gross domestic product or GDP, but by very subjective indicators of well-being and health that will need government intervention and constant monitoring to ensure everyone has equal outcomes and resilience. This is communism, folks, and this is where you come in. Please retweet this tweet thread, tag your representatives in Congress that you can find at this link, as well as the Judiciary Committees, and call on them to do a full investigation into the federal plan, the interagency work group behind it, and their partners in the private sector. Read this tweet thread and watch the YouTube video I made on it linked below for the full story. You know, back in the day, if you wanted to identify conspiracies like actual conspiracies secret societies working together to progress a uh, secret agenda you sort of had to look for like symbols right you look for people doing the hand thing you know different hand motions or maybe the way they shake hands is that particular freemason handshake or whatever it is nowadays the best way to identify this is with the little code words that they use The words that they use, which seem to just be sprinkled in, no special attention brought to them, but they signal adherence to a certain narrative. And what we always point out is stakeholder. You say – if you hear the term stakeholder, that's a signal about the fourth industrial revolution, stakeholder capitalism, neo-fascism. ESG, and there are ones everybody knows, right? Equitable, equity, sustainable. Like these are all code words they use as well. One of the code words that they use that you can find in the lockstep document, and we point to since it really does give the blueprint to everything, is resilience. If you remember the lockstep document, I know I have to go through go through this over and over, and people know it are probably sick of me saying it. People haven't say it need to know this lockstep document by the Rockefeller Foundation which predicted almost to a T, not just the COVID lockdown and the effects it would have and the, the way that it would be used to progress us towards a globalist agenda, but also hack attack, which is where we are now, which is the status that we're in that predicts the geopolitical breakdown, the cyber attacks that are coming. I mean, it's all here in this document. And you'll notice there are four scenarios called scenario planning, hack attack, uh, s- smart scramble, clever together, and lockstep. What are these four things? Well, they're four quadrants of a, a graph, basically, where the two axes, the axes are political and economic alignment and adaptive capacity. Well, adaptive capacity is another word for resilience. Just, just tying all this in together, 
When they say resilience, what they mean is adaptive capacity, which is what they're signaling to their fellow operators in the know, is that they want – their ideal is high alignment and high adaptive capacity, which they call resilience. And what they – the way they explain this is they – it basically justifies their desire for greater centralization. When COVID came about, was it easier to get Walmart to lock down 10,000 stores or to get 10,000 small businesses to independently lock down? Obviously, it's a lot easier if there's one massive pyramid structure corporation where the people at the top can go, we're locking down and everybody underneath falls in line and does what they want. They all change on a dime and, and with uniformity. It's way easier to control, and it's all about control. Everything these people do is about control. So when they say adaptive capacity, what they mean is a greater capacity for control. It's way easier to have that pyramid structure. One guy makes the order. Everybody else underneath follows than it is to have 10,000 little stores. Some are going to agree with you. Some aren't. Some are going to do it their own way. Some are going to do it a different way. That massive corporate structures are much, much easier to all move in one direction at the same time, and that's literally what they mean when they say resilience or adaptive capacity. And they actually explain this in the lockstep document. Adaptive capacity, this uncertainty refers to the capacity at which different levels of society to cope with change and adapt effectively. The ability to adapt can mean proactively managing existing systems and structures to ensure their resilience against external forces, as well as the ability to transform those systems and structures when a changed context mean they're no longer suitable. Exactly what they're describing. Translation, it's easier to have a massive corporate system like walmart change at once than it is to try to change a bunch of small businesses so they prefer the singular giant pyramid structure a lot of people have asked me why is infowars store and infowars life not at a probiotic for more than three years and the answer is simple we only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices we had a top maker top certified of probiotics for more than seven years they got bought by a libtard company and said we're not doing business with you mr jones anymore Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within 
and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Kudos to Lisa Logan at I am Lisa Logan on Twitter. I just retweeted this thread, so if you subscribe to me, go to uh, at Harrison H. Smith, and you can find this thread and go follow her and read through this uh, thread. Actually, it's a thread of videos, so you can watch all the videos. We just played the first one in that last segment, and I wanted to take a moment to let you know how it's all tied in together from the World Health Organization to the World Economic Forum, these terms like resilience, adaptive capacity, uh, even the term health or well-being sort of being weaponized at this point. But these are the, these are the watchwords they need to be aware of so you understand who these people are signaling to, their fellow travelers in this neo-fascistic communistic system. So – She says, I've discovered exactly how the federal government is sneakily going to turn freedom-loving Americans into a surveillance state like China through the manipulation of the term resilience. It's called the Federal Plan for Equitable Long-Term Recovery and Resilience. The conspiracy for this transformation was hatched by a federal interagency work group and their partners in March of 2020. Resilience requires using a critical theory lens, you know, racism, to decide who gets federal resources and how those federal resources are spent equitably. To ensure equitable outcomes for the federal plan, a new framework created by Wellbeing in the Nation, WIN Network, changes how our nation measures health to be through a racial justice lens. Their goal is the destruction of capitalism and shifting on how we measure our economy. Capitalism will be replaced with a, quote, well-being economy. This is a global plan by the World Health Organization to use, quote, health or resilience as a lever to change all sectors in all communities to force compliance with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals agenda. The federal plan and the interagency work group behind it are using health and resilience as a guide to covertly, as a guise rather, to covertly insert the WHO's Geneva Charter for well-being into U.S. cities and towns. We're told this in the video from the WHO exactly how to do it. Pulled in this video from the WHO exactly how to do it. You can see in this document the WHO's framework to implement their Geneva Charter in localities across the world. It's exactly what the federal plan does, and a link to the federal plan is actually listed as a resource at the bottom of the paper. So again, who do we have so far? We've got our federal government spearheading this, but in direction and under or, uh, in cooperation and under the direction of the World Health Organization, the UN, the World Economic Forum, of course, we're all tied in together to implement this at a national level, at a locality level, as they have your mayor signing on to things like the C40 cities pledge to serve bugs in school cafeterias and stop using cars for official transportation and that sort of hogwash. You also have it on the corporate level, massive corporations doing this either on their own volition and choosing to engage in this or because they're compelled to through ESG programs, meaning that they will be starved of investment if they don't comply with these measures that come from on high and the top-down method of 
imposition. In a well-being economy, resilience will be constantly measured and tracked instead of GDP, turning everywhere into a smart city that collects data on everybody and everything. That data will be interoperable, interoperable, able to be shared across systems through blockchain. Your digital ID used to access services in the smart city will carry your health and resilience data and track compliance. Like in China's social credit system, every entity could be rewarded or punished based upon if they follow the government's recommendations. The technological and data infrastructure needed to create this monitoring system in every city will require mass amounts of funding. Money from COVID recovery bills that cities accept from the Economic Development Administration force them to implement the federal plan recommendations. So they create a disease. They unleash it on the world. They impose massive lockdowns that shuts down the economy. Then they provide you with the funds to overcome the shutdown that they enforced. And the funds come with a little caveat that you have to implement this equity plan if you accept them. But you have to accept them because of the lockdown that they forced on you, because of the disease that they released. Problem, reaction, solution. It's simple if we could wake up from it. Finally, she says there needs to be a detailed congressional investigation into the federal plan for equitable long-term recovery and resilience and the conspiracy of the groups behind it. She tags Jim Jordan, uh, Hawley, and and many others. And uh, this was published in the Liberty Sentinel LibertySentinel.org, where you can find the document and all these videos. And I, I'm just, for a radio listener, I'm just straight up reading this thread. So again, got to give credit, kudos, and insist that you go follow Lisa Logan at I am Lisa Logan on Twitter for putting this together. And every single one of the entries I just read has a video accompanying it, showing you exactly how this is manifesting and how this is uh, being brought about. So the federal plan for equitable long-term recovery and resilience being implemented through the distribution of COVID funds to make up for the economic destruction that they wrought on us. Very, very good work from Lisa Logan. And I would like to see some investigation of this. I mean, what it represents is sort of a soft, sort of a mild treason sort of a mild treason, essentially taking these globalist organizations who are not American, do not have Americans' best interests in mind, and instead see American well-being, to use their term, American expect, uh, expectations of quality of life as something to be lowered because it's all about equitable well-being and why should your country be doing so well when other countries are not doing as well everybody needs to be brought down to that lowest common denominator and then strictly controlled in their actions through the financial system and the implementation of digital id and all of these different programs working together fitting together like the teeth of gears all churning in the same direction driving us towards this one world globalist technocratic hellscape of prison planet so i would like to see some sort of investigation of this i would like to see some sort of questions being asked by the people who have been entrusted to safeguard america and our well-being and self-interest i'd like to see them actually root out the bureaucratic methods by which non-american interests are being enforced and and prioritized over Americans 
through this type of manipulation. And manipulation is exactly what it is. Wellness, resilience, equity. It's like, yeah, dude, the thief who's going to rob you doesn't come up and say, I'm a thief, I'm going to rob you. The kidnapper luring the children says he has candy. Of course, they use pleasant sounding words to lure you into their trap. That's what makes it a trap. That's a necessary component of evil that they have to conceal their real intentions. And it's honestly just pathetic that Americans are so, have been so, uh, uh, their self-preservation instinct has been so destroyed that literally I'm sure if you go up and, and show this to your average American, they'll just be like, what's wrong with wellness and resilience? Those words are good. Equity, I like equity. And it's just like, okay, you're a child that sees a, a big van with no windows and thinks candy tastes good. I like candy. What could be so bad about candy? You're telling me that me getting candy is bad? No, I'm telling you it's a trick. You're not going to like what happens next. Please remember, my new book, The Great Awakening, is going right to number one. It's all, it's already number one on a bunch of charts. Plus, it funds this operation. It's twice the length of the last book. It's full of solutions. It's amazing. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next great renaissance. Infowarsstore.com. Get assigned copies of fundraiser. I thank those that have. I want to ask others that want to keep us on here to do that. That's the action point. Please go to Infowarsstore.com. Get a signed copy or unsigned copy at Infowarsstore.com. Assigned copies like... 30 bucks, $29, a signed copy is 100 and that's what it takes to fight the globalists. We have storewide free shipping, including on the book, double Patriot points, and X2 selling out but still discounted, Turbo Force, 10 hours clean energy back in stock, so many other great products like Down and Out Sleep Formula, a Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force, it's up to 60% off. Do your Christmas shopping with us, and we appreciate you. These are great products that work really, really well. Infowarsstore.com. InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for your calls. We'll take calls for the second half of the show. We still have a lot of stories to cover and a lot of videos to show you. Immigration, the selling of U.S. steel, so much more to get into. So fear not, there's no shortage of stories. So give us a call. We'll get to your call as well. one 789 2539 That's one 789 2539 one 789 2539 Can Texas secede? Nationalist group says yes. Supreme Court says no. Guess what the beautiful part about secession is? <laughs> Guess what the whole point of secession is? We don't have to care what you say anymore. Yeah, we know. We know the federal government doesn't want what's best for Texas. That's kind of the whole point, isn't it? Oh, the, the, the country you're declaring independence from says you can't declare independence. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what independence means? 
We don't have to listen to you anymore. The Texas nationalist movement wants a session vote during the 2024 uh, state Republican primary. They are getting it. The Texas Republican Party is in the process of verifying verifying 139,000 petition signatures that would put Texas resolution before the primary voters in March. An organization called the Texas Nationalist Movement has submitted more than 139,000 petition signatures to the state Republican Party seeking to place a referendum on the March primary ballot calling for Texas to secede from the United States. Which would be wonderful. And, you know, maybe that goes in line with um, – Story like this, Texas law lets police arrest migrants who enter U.S. illegally. Well, imagine that. Imagine that. We wrote a law saying that Texas will let police arrest criminals. We had to write a law to do that, apparently. That wasn't just a thing that existed already. Okay. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed into law sweeping new powers that allow police to arrest migrants who cross the border illegally. He approved the sweeping new powers and gives uh, that to allow police to arrest illegals and gives local judges authority to order them to leave the country, testing the limits of how far a state go can go to enforce immigration laws. The law, which takes effect in March, allows any Texas law enforcement officer to arrest people who are suspected of entering the country illegally. Once in custody, they could either agree to a Texas judge's order to leave the U.S. or be prosecuted on misdemeanor charges of illegal entry. Migrants who don't leave could face arrest again under more serious felony charges. What if we just didn't have to care about or rely on the federal government? What if we could just do this ourselves without having to be constantly hamstrung by our own national government who actively goes out and sends soldiers to tear down the borders that we erect and to lift up the barbed wire? That we lay down and to process into our country the tens of thousands a day crossing over the border. What if we could just do it all ourselves? I mean, what is the benefit? The benefit of being a part of a coalition, being a part of a nation, being part of a union would ostensibly be that just because Texas is on the border doesn't mean we have to take the entire burden of border security ourselves. It would mean that the cost and manpower and resources required to patrol the border and protect America from invasion would be shared by all 50 states. But in, so instead, we're getting the worst of both worlds. We are both not given any resources by the federal government to actually protect our border. Instead, the resources that they're spending are going to invading our country. And working against the things that we're doing on a state level, and we're having to provide the resources at the state level to try to make up for what the federal government's not doing. So what is the point of this union? What is the point of being tied inexorably to this political function, this political construct that is only doing us disservice? What is the point? What is the point? We should leave. I think we should leave. Now I'm going to go to another uh, video here. And it's a, I say it's a surprising one. Be clip number 16. The story from The Blaze, U.S. Steel sold to foreign company. The sale of the United States Steel Corporation, better known as U.S. Steel, has been approved by its board members. The company will almost certainly be sold to a foreign buyer. 
Nippon Steel, a Japanese company with a value of over $21 billion, is paying approximately $14.1 billion for U.S. steel. This was announced yesterday, and I only saw one politician speaking up against it. It was, of all people, Pennsylvania's own John Fetterman. Here's what he had to say. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company. Can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. Awesome. Awesome. He's doing more. He's saying more. He seems more committed to actual nationalistic policies than Republicans. This is crazy. I'm just, this is like upside down world. But again, I think like I, I hope we're not missing an opportunity here. It seems like there are so many things these days where the divide is so clearly between people who actually want the best for the country and the globalist institutional elite scumbags that are doing everything they can to destroy us. I don't care how you make the argument. If it's because you love unions and the, the steel union needs your support or because you are a environmentalist and think that America needs to have the final say in the regulations for steel production because you can't trust an Asian company to care about the environment in the same way that America – like I don't care what the reason is. We all want the same thing. We want the companies to stay here. We want the manufacturing to stay here. We want the good jobs with the pensions and the time off. We want, we want all that for everybody. We want what's best for America. We don't want to go to war. We don't want to see America's national interests subjugated under the national interest of Israel. There's so many things where it's like Thomas Mashey and Rashida Tlaib on the same side. Now you've got John Fetterman and I don't know any Republicans that are coming out speaking out against this, but good for John Fetterman. I'm sure Thomas Massey or Rand Paul or somebody would be on his side. So what if, what if this is a huge opportunity to shatter the two party system, come together on the things that we agree on and settle our differences elsewhere. Again, this ties to the immigration topic as well. At least I, it, it does in my mind. You got this story from ABC News. Trump doubles down on anti-immigration rhetoric, pledging to use overseas troops at the border. To me, this is just sort of the perfect example and the best example of one of the instances where it's not that we don't have the resources. It's not that we don't have the money or the manpower or the ability. They're just being used in other places. Just instead of protecting our southern border, we're protecting Syrian oil fields. And, you know, Finland's borders or whatever. Why not use that same those same resources on our southern border to protect our country from invasion? If we're going to be spending billions upon billions of dollars, regardless, I'd rather that money go towards building up America for American citizens than being handed out wholesale or given to corporations to facilitate invasion 
and going to illegal immigrants. Can we not come together from both political parties and unify on these ideas that actually benefit the American people instead of just dissecting us for the benefit of foreigners? I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. When I say this, I mean it from the very bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you to all the viewers and listeners for supporting the broadcast over the years. We together have changed the world at an incredible level. And I want to salute the crew as well and all of our sponsors and supporters. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, the fight has really been joined with the globalist. And as we go into 2024, the most important election in world history, it is now more important than ever to get around the censors and override the globalists. So keep spreading the word about the broadcast. Keep sharing the articles and videos. Keep praying for the broadcast and our reporters and the crew. And shop at InfoWarsStore.com, where for Christmas, we have the biggest sales of the year, double Patriot points, store-wide free shipping, up to 60% off on products like BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, TurboForce is back in stock, X2 is back in stock, Vaso Beats is back in stock. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, it's all there. My new book, The Great Awakening. Do your Christmas shopping there. Get great products and fund the InfoWar. Thank you. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. confirmation of something I've said quite a bit on this show. Britain's national grid drops China-based supplier over cybersecurity fears. Electric power transmission, I'm sorry, uh, Britain's national grid has started removing components supplied by a unit of China-backed Nari Technologies from electricity transmission network over cybersecurity fears, the Financial Times reported on Sunday. The decision came in April after the utility sought advice from the National Cybersecurity Center, a branch of the uh, the nation's signals intelligence agency, GCHQ. The newspaper, newspaper quoted a Whitehall official as saying, National Grid declined to comment, citing confidential contractual matters. Quote, we take the security of our, of our infrastructure very seriously and have effective controls in place to protect our employees and critical assets to ensure we can continue to reliably, safely, and securely transmit electricity. They say an employee at the NARI subsidy in our electric UK said the company no longer had access to sites where the components were listed, and the national grid did not disclose a reason for terminating the contract. Could it be, could it possibly be 
because the Chinese supply companies are supplying critical infrastructure components with kill switches in them, with remote shutdown operations. It could very well be. Of course, we've warned about this quite a bit. It's yet another reason not to offshore all your manufacturing to your primary global geopolitical enemy. I know. Crazy. It's all completely insane. Now Britain is like, uh, they could kill us all. <laughs> they could, they're giving us the components for the infrastructure that we need to live, and they could shut it all down remotely with a click of a button in the middle of winter. And that would be very bad. Just suicide, just suicidal construct, the modern world, truly. With that, I want to go out to phone calls. We've got John from Houston. John, of course, called in early on in the Israeli conflict, gave a breakdown of predictions and, and things like that was going to happen that went absolutely viral. Called back in. We did a little back and forth. Pastor Sam called him an enemy of God. It was very exciting. Uh, John, thank you so much for calling back in. What is your take on what's going on in the Middle East now? Obviously, the headlines, Yemen's Houthis will not stop Red Sea attacks until Israel ends Gaza war, and U.S. announces 10-nation force to counter Houthi attacks. Uh, What's it called? Operation uh, Sensitive Shipment or something. But yeah, apparently we're going to go to war with Yemen uh, over there attacking ships in the Red Sea. What's your what's your take and prognosis on this, John? Well, the Yemenis have declared that they're ready for it. They're not scared. They say they have everything they need to engage this armada. They have naval mines. They recently, uh, like three days ago recently, uh, struck a ship with a ballistic anti-ship missile, which was the first time in world history that a ballistic missile was successfully used against a boat, and everyone knows this is being done with Iranian support and uh, intelligence assets. Um, they actually admitted that, actually. Iran openly admitted, yes, we are giving the uh, Yemenis whatever they need to, to win and to fight. So it's in the Iranian interest to use the Yemenis in this way, and Yemen uh, thinks it's their religious duty to try to lift the blockade and the siege of food and fuel and medicine on Gaza. And that's the criteria for them to back off, is that the siege is lifted on Gaza. Um, Yemen is the poorest country in the Middle East. They've survived a, uh, I don't know the exact time, but probably a decade-long invasion, war, blockade, and siege. It's been a while. Um, They are suffering from uh, cholera outbreaks, famine, all kinds of stuff. So it's been real rough for the Yemenis. Um, This was a controversial issue where uh, Saudi Arabia was lobbying the United States to get involved with U.S. troops in Yemen. Donald Trump did not uh, take the bait and said sold equipment to to, uh, Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia has been trying to install a puppet government in Yemen for the longest time. And they were finally making a peace agreement, but the peace agreement is not likely to hold because Saudi Arabia is going to be party to this armada. That's extremely dangerous because the Aramco pipelines, refineries, all the Saudi Arabia oil infrastructure is um, essentially sitting ducks, despite all the 
Patriot missiles and Iron Dome that they could possibly put, Yemen can overwhelm those air defenses. This is not very far from Yemen. This is not hard for Yemen to hit. Uh, Yemen has successfully hit Israel all the way from Yemen. So you can imagine how much easier it would be to hit something right in front of you. And right, so Yemen yeah. has told that's incredibly far away. Yeah, we, that we, that's what they'll do. We actually played the video yesterday of the, the leader of the Houthis saying, if the UAE or Saudi Arabia gets involved, we'll destroy your oil fields. I guess my question is, why haven't they done that yet? Because, I mean, they've been war, at war with Saudi Arabia for the last decade or so. So if these oil fields are so vulnerable, why haven't they already been hit? Why, you know, why now? They, they, they were hit a couple times. They were. But this is their ace in, ace in the hole. This is their nuclear option. Okay. So this is created to create deterrence so that this is what's holding the aggression against Yemen in check. And this is like the last case scenario. So they're not going to, you know, play the Trump card uh, prematurely. They warned about it. They flirted with it. They harassed it. They hit some basic stuff. But as the aggression on Yemen increases, this is how they achieve deterrence from being uh, given the Gaza treatment. Right. Right. And- now, the big issue is, is the story in Lebanon. Uh, Israel, the northern Israel has been abandoned for some time now, about two months or a month and a half. So Israel has, the northern Israel life has come to a screeching halt. The hope and morale of returning to normal life for Israeli citizens of northern Israel is low. They tell the government, we will not go back until the issue is resolved. But the issue cannot be resolved until uh, some kind of peace with Hezbollah is achieved. Hezbollah says only condition for peace, again, stop killing people in Gaza. Same thing with Yemen. Everyone's saying the same thing. Uh, If you want this to de-escalate, just stop killing the people in Gaza. Now, they're not going to stop killing the people in Gaza. So they're going to try all these other methods to de-escalate. It's not going to work. These people said there's only one condition for de-escalation, stop killing people in Gaza. Well, they made the decision to clear out Gaza pretty much, and they're not going to go back on it. So they're not. So that means that there's going to be a war between Israel and Lebanon. The Lebanese government has come out and told the United States and the world, we prefer a war with Israel over a civil war internally, Lebanese versus Hezbollah. Because from a Lebanese analysis, the fragile multi cultural, multi-confessional uh, balance of Lebanese society is barely barely holding on, and a civil war would spiral into decades and decades of you know, internal destruction and uh, uh, fraternicide, full, uh, killing each other in their own country. And it, we experienced this already uh, in Lebanon for decades, so they don't want to go down that road. So the Lebanese government, which is sponsored by the United States, funded by the United States, has just uh, been honest and just come out and said, yeah, we think a civil war would actually be the worst option, and we prefer to just get blown up by Israel and just unify against a foreign threat as opposed to just killing each other within our own country. So all the diplomatic efforts to bribe or cajole or threaten uh, Hezbollah to stop uh, participating in this war, it's not going to work. The only way they're going to make them stop is to stop killing people in Gaza. They're not going to stop killing people in Gaza, so you can see where this is going. The people of northern Israel have been displaced from northern Israel. They're now in like a security buffer zone that Israel has to sacrifice land to create a buffer zone between it and Lebanon. Historically, when there was a buffer zone between Lebanon and Israel, it occurred in Lebanese land. So the proposed solution that the Israeli government is putting forward is the same old 
uh, bringing back the same old strategy from decades past that failed, which is to uh, make a no-man's land in southern Lebanon and force everyone from southern Lebanon to leave their homes and evacuate and be displaced essentially permanently to create a security buffer zone for Israel. Now, right now, if the picture of the border of Lebanon and Israel shows an Israeli town all the way up to the border and a Lebanese town all the way up to the border, essentially like this border is just a line drawn between a town. The town probably existed there before this border. Okay, so well, these people on. have been hey, living uh, John, around can, your can you can you stay for another five minutes uh, in the other? Yeah. Hour? Okay, all right. We're going to go back to you because I I, I want to hear about this, and um, I'll, I'll find the article about yeah, it's something like eighty thousand or more Israelis refugees in their own country, uh, permanent refugees as of now. This is a very big deal. So I want to uh, hear more about this. John, John's telling us a lot that we haven't heard from anybody else. So we'll be back on the other side, folks. Go to InfoWarsStore.com to support this. This is coverage that you do not get anywhere else. I hope you appreciate it. InfoWarsStore.com. We'll be right back. What would you do if there was a tyrannical, totalitarian world government taking over whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population and they were already beginning to do it? You would rally against it. You would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. I just want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support and want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over year infowarstore.com we have turbo force 10 hour clean energy back in stock and a bunch of other great products as well so please visit infowarstore.com and do your christmas shopping there fund the infowar get great products all at the same time